Welcome to the G3 Podcast. I'm excited about our episode today. I'm joined here by Josh Bice and Scott Annual. Um, we've got a lot of ground to cover and some amazing topics. Before we jump into our topics, though, we've got some announcements that we want to make. The National uh, Conference is going to be absolutely outstanding, September 21st through the 23rd. Uh, it's a conference on the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. Any thoughts about that, sir? Well, I mean, obviously the doctrine of God's sovereignty is paramount to our understanding of who God is and how God saves sinners, how he orders the world. This is his world, and we live in it, and yeah. it's critically important to understand that. Yeah. As I, as I think about the nature of all that's going on in the world, the confusion, right. the chaos, uh, every, every political wind uh, that shifts, and even doctrinal winds that are shifting, how important it is for believers to be foundationally established uh, in, in an important doctrine. I was thinking of that, too. I mean, the sovereignty of God is always an important doctrine, yes. but perhaps never more, at least in recent times, yeah. than with what's going on in our culture. Absolutely. So you'll definitely want to... To be a part of it, National Conference, uh, September 21st through the 23rd. Jump on to g3men.org and get registered. With that said, by way of intro, uh, we've got a, an exciting topic that we want to cover, some ground that we want to cover. It's in, it, some issues that are critically important. Josh, you're going to tee us up with regard to this. I think there's some, there's some background that you have to share about why we're going to be talking about the subject we're talking about today. Yeah, well, <clears throat> obviously, you know, we're glad to be back again at the G3 podcast, a, a new setup for us, obviously, yeah. and we've uh, just enjoyed our time now in this new season of the podcast, but as we talk about this subject today, the, the difference between and understanding the difference between theological error and heresy is mm. critically important. Yeah. I mean, what you don't want to do is fall into the, the ditch, if you will, of labeling every single person who disagrees with you on any level as a heretic. Yes. Yep. Uh, you, you, you really become, or if you're a pastor, you become sort of like an island where you're turning your guns towards every direction, saying everyone else is wrong and we're the only show in town that's right. Right. And that's certainly problematic. Yeah. And, you know, with the access that we have today with the internet, which is a wonderful thing, it's a wonderful technology that we use on a regular basis. But the temptation is with push button publication. You know, it's it's just a it's a tremendous and a powerful resource. But the idea that you can actually write an article, yeah. you can hit a button, yeah. you can publish something that the whole world can read, where you can actually label people and groups as heretics, uh, is something that we need to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful resource in terms of preaching the gospel sure. and sharing truth, but how we do that matters. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really have a conversation today yeah. at the table about what is the difference between error and heresy. So again, he error is, is, is something that is obviously wrong, right? right. Uh, theological <clears throat> error is something that we would say that's not biblically correct or accurate. But not all error is heresy. Right. Right. All heresy is actually error. Mm -hmm. But we need to be able to distinguish between the two. The word heresy in and of itself is it's a technical term. And if you look at Titus chapter 3, uh, you can see there the, the words there in Titus 3.10. It says, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Now, the King James translates that Greek term as heretic, which 
is is more of a transliteration of that specific Greek term. But if you if you look at the ESV, it just translates it a person who stirs up division. Mm. Now, again, what is this division? You know, you, you start thinking about this issue. It's it's certainly not division over, say, college football. Now, we could have that conversation all day long. You guys I'm, can have that conversation. I'm really <laughs> happy to have that conversation. Um, but it's it's really not, it's not something like, you know, that's trivial or sure. superficial. Yeah. yeah, It's actually centering on the gospel. So it's Galatians 1. So Paul says, if anyone comes preaching another gospel than the gospel that we have preached to you, let him be anathema which means let him be damned to hell, right? And even if an angel were to, were to preach another gospel, it is indeed another gospel. It's not the gospel of Jesus. And so this is a divisive individual who stirs up division within the church upon the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's critically important yeah. to understand. So this is not something of just like, you know, my opinion versus right, your right, opinion right. here. This is talking about salvific issues. Right. And so the problem, I think, in this conversation, and this is where I would like for you guys to jump in on this, is I think within the church today, we are guilty of misusing this term. Yeah. We use it when we should not, and then we refuse to use it when we actually sure. should. Yeah. Right. Think yeah. about the issue of evangelicalism as a whole, um, the, the, the issue of church discipline. Okay, so churches aren't practicing church discipline. Okay, so you, you just look. I know for our church, we were once a long time member of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. The statistics were off the charts of the, 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 the horrible numbers of, or woefully low numbers, low numbers right, of people who practice of church discipline. Churches that were actually practicing church discipline. Yeah. In other mm-hmm. words, you would expect regenerate church membership. You would expect to have a commitment to these things. But what you were seeing is that hardly any churches were practicing church discipline, but a lot of those pastors were willing to say Calvinism is is heresy. Right. 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 So we have to understand the difference between the two. Right. right? right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, th- I think those kinds of distinctions are important. When I think about what's happening with the language currently, a lot of it uh, is the result of kind of the postmodern culture where we have a desire or what, what's, be, what's being seen is the deconstruction of language, the deconstruction of, uh, of, of, of meaning of words. And so w- we fall into that even in Christian circles. And so what heresy then becomes is something something I don't like. My heresy, <laughs> right. your heresy, right. my truth, right. your, your truth. truth. Right. This is postmodernism. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's postmodernism applied in this in the same arena and we've we've got to we've got to pump the brakes on that yeah. and really begin to to lay out lines of distinction. Words do have meaning. Uh, we've got to go back biblically and look at what those words mean and then use them in the manner in which God desires. We see that in culture, right, with with the issue of marriage yeah. or with the issue of uh, of of you know, what is a woman? Right. That, that's the that's the and so we, we look at that and scoff. Uh, we Christians look at that and go, why, why wouldn't they know how to use those, those correct definitions? Uh, whereas in, in our circles, uh, we're you know, we, we pull out the gun and start slinging with regard to the language around what is and isn't heresy. And so we've got to think about those things. Yeah, I think that it, I agree completely. These definitions matter. And in particular, how you framed it in Titus here in Galatians that these are doctrinal issues that actually impose upon the integrity of the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. So it's not 
trivial things like college football, which I don't understand. Uh, or <laughs> we even, can help you understand yeah, it. I yeah, mean, you know. I, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> or even important doctrinal issues. Like there are, you bring up Calvinism, right? There are important doctrinal issues that brothers in Christ can disagree about, yeah. and we wouldn't say they're unimportant. But the disagreement is not at the level of heresy versus yeah. non-heresy. Yeah, in right? fact, we could actually say it's it's possible to disagree on the five points of Calvinism right. and stay members of the same local church. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, you you may have some some you know some honest conversations yeah. and, and it some impacts disagreements. practice. It impacts yep. things, but still, we would call a person with whom we disagree a brother in Christ. Sure. It's not heresy. Right. On, the, on those levels, at least in how uh, the, the term is being used here in Titus or the whole issue of Galatians like you talk about. Yeah. So I think in this conversation, we need to really be able to distinguish between three things, a tertiary issue, mm-hmm. a secondary issue, yeah. and then, of course, what is heresy, right? right? right. And heresy, we've, we've already talked about, is something that attacks the gospel. Right. At some level, it, it, it adds to the gospel. It, it takes away from the gospel. That's exactly what the Judaizers were doing there in Galatia, right? So that's heresy. But a tertiary issue is something like, say, alcohol consumption, Mm. for instance. Um, I may be a teetotaler, Mm -hmm. But Scott may decide, you know what? I'm going to have a glass of wine, and, <laughs> this, and this is this is just water. It's just water. <laughs> <laughs> and he may say, I have freedom to do so mm-hmm. because the command in Scripture is to not be drunk, drunk with wine. Right. Right. So, in the same local church, a teetotaler and someone who enjoys a glass of wine, or you know. The alcohol consumption at some level, but yet refrains from drunkenness, right. can stay within the local church, you know, engage in genuine Christian koinonia, right. and there be unity in the gospel, sure. brothers and sisters in Christ can actually disagree on tertiary issues and right. stay in the local church. Right. But a secondary issue might be something like the mode of baptism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we may say, okay, we're, we're Reformed Baptists. We're actually going to baptize believers because that's what the biblical text teaches. We could argue about the definition of baptizo. We could talk about uh, the examples in Scripture. We could talk about the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth, not reading between the lines, not applying logic to the Scripture, but actually just interpreting the word and doing what we see taking place in, in the New Testament. And then we could have our Pado Baptist brothers and sisters who would say, "Well, we're we're actually connecting baptism and the mode of baptism to circumcision right. and the application of the covenant, covenant promise." Approach, sure. Okay. Yep. Um, now we can actually we can actually have fellowship with our Pado Baptist brothers and sisters. We can embrace them as genuine Christians, love them, associate with them at certain levels, but we're likely not going to be members of the same local church. Right. Right. What we're not communicating is that they're heretics. Right. What we are communicating at some level is that we believe that they're engaging in theological error. Right. Right. And that's important to understand. Right. And it also reveals that different there are different errors, errors at different levels. Right. Yes. Right. Some errors prevent being members of the same church. Sure. Other errors, you can be members of the same church 
and you can get along just fine. And it's just it's just a a, a disagreement yeah. at a at an even you know ter- like you said tertiary level, but even a secondary level. There yeah. there are gradations, mm-hmm. which is what makes it so difficult. Yeah. We want black, black and, and white, white. Right. Anything that we think is error, we want to call heresy. And so it's this sort of everythingism. You talked about the the ditch of where we we separate over everything, mm-hmm. and then it basically ends up me, myself, and I. And even I disagree with myself sometimes, right? right. You know, um, so but that's the tension. Like, sure. what what doctrinal issues are significant enough disagreements that it might prevent cooperation on some levels, yeah. but not other levels? This is the the tension that we have to live with. We have to wrestle with. We need to have these kinds of conversations at a local church level, uh, even cooperation among churches, and say, okay, what doctrinal issues are so important that they affect cooperation and what doctrinal issues can we have even aggressive discussions about? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we shake hands and even can be in the same churches together. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, what I'm seeing in that, and I think those are great conversations to have, yeah. but, but what I'm witnessing, and I think a lot of this has to do with the social media back, you know, yeah. s- s- landscape is that it's not even a conversation on where can we cooperate? Mm-hmm. It's, I've got a platform to create, and the 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 quicker the, the more quickly I can identify heresy and, and become, uh, you know, this this person who is is, is identifying heresy, uh, and, and I can be pointed to as as you know as as the arbiter of that, uh, then my platform grows. Yeah. Uh, and then once my platform grows, I've got all these people who are who are seeing me as the expert. Um, so we're not even talking about issues of where, where are there areas of cooperation. Yeah. It's simply, I've got a platform to build. Uh, and so I want to be the next, you know, uh, Justin Peters. Nice hot uh, take. Or, 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 yeah. Or, yeah, I want to be the person who has the, the next hot take yeah. uh, to grow a platform. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is critically important to think through. And I think we would be wise to, to pause at times and, and, and to try to, you know, be clear headed when we make judgment calls. We are called to judge. Mm-hmm. We are called to judge with righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, but how we judge matters. And at the end of the day, running around branding everyone as a heretic because they disagree with you on even very important issues right. is actually to go in the opposite direction of, of the biblical command mm. uh, to judge with righteous judgment. Yeah. So like, for instance, once I, I remember I was in a Southern Baptist conference setting and Jerry Vines, who is well-known and respected within the Southern Baptist convention, um, he was very active during the conservative resurgence time period. And he was, he was up there preaching, and of course, I, I knew that he is certainly not a Calvinist by any stretch, right? Um, I have respected him uh, back, you know, when I was active and engaged in Southern Baptist circles because of his boldness to defend the inerrancy of the Bible. But he made a statement in a sermon once, and he said, um, any step in the direction of five-point Calvinism is a step not towards the gospel, but away from the gospel. Now, that sort of statement is implying that if you go as far, I mean, to be a five-point Calvinist, that you are not really a gospel person, which means it implies at some level that you actually could be guilty of being a heretic. Now, the problem with that language, and of course we have seen this throughout the, the, the the historic debate over the issue of the doctrines of grace right. is people will actually label Calvinism as a heresy. Mm-hmm. And then out of the very next breath, they'll quote Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Right. 
or they'll even, within the Southern Baptist Convention, they'll say, Calvinism is heresy, and then they'll say, but now, since we're at the end of the sermon, will you please consider giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering? And, right. you know, mm-hmm. well, Lottie Moon was actually a Calvinist, right. and then that's kind of like a, a you know... So you can be a Calvinist and be interested in missions at the same yeah, time, I mean, is that possible? Can you believe this, right? So I think we have to be careful to guard against being so quickly to brand someone as a heretic. Because again, think about this. Early on in our Christian walk, there are just certain things that we just did not know. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. And it's possible to be very immature and to just not know certain things and to try to, you know, use theological language, but yet without proper precision. Sure. And then someone might say, well, then you're... I, I think you're a heretic. Yeah, sure. You you have to be able to distinguish between someone who's immature mm-hmm. right. and then someone who's actually a mover and shaker within the realm of heresy. Yeah, and yeah. really one of the one of the great dangers here is it's like it's like the issue of calling everything racism. Yeah. Right. If you call everything heresy, it actually prevents you from being I being able to identify, identify when there is true heresy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and l- can I take a moment and, and recommend a book that is is related to this, uh, a book that we've published with uh, G3 Press, The Word Matters, Defending Biblical Authority Against the Spirit of This Age by mm-hmm. Dave Jenkins. One of the benefits of this book is not only does, does Dave lay out a sort of a biblical theology of Scripture, but then he identifies false religions and heresies mm. that are attacking scripture. Oh wow. These are the kinds of things that we need to label as false doctrine as an heresy. Right. If we label everything as heresy, then we're unable to actually defend biblical Christianity mm-hmm. against things that are truly heretical. Yeah. And that's one of the great dangers. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, great. I think that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, and since we're, you know, recommending products, I'll just recommend my <laughs> coffee mug here. Oh, actually, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get one of those? Yeah, uh, well, you can buy one of these mugs on, on g3min.org. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Apparently, I'm going to have to ask... <laughs> Christmas gift, it took maybe. me a while to maybe get one of these stocking. too. Virgil got the first easy, one. Easy breezy. You didn't have to bring that up at all. <laughs> <laughs> but as we think about, you know, heresy once again, we think about the issue of, say, something like, you know, the new perspective on Paul. Right. Mm. You know, N.T. Wright, and th- this is an attack on Clear justification. Attack on the gospel, yeah. yeah. Justification by faith alone in Christ alone is at the heart of the gospel, and if you attack that then you are actually attacking the gospel and you're preaching another gospel. And that's exactly what N.T. Wright is doing. So I have no shame whatsoever in saying that the new perspective on Paul is indeed heresy yeah, right. and N.T. Wright is a heretic. Yeah. He's not someone that's you know like a white belt in theology that doesn't know what right, he's doing right. and he's immature right. and we need to think the best of him and we need to just be patient with him. No, N.T. Wright is a false teacher. Right. Right. And we just need to be able to be well, honest. And you about make an that. important point there too. When someone puts themselves forward as a teacher, mm. now they're putting themselves open for more criticism yeah. than your average person in the pew, like you said earlier, who might just be mature, who might not understand something, who might believe something that we believe is an error. There's a there's a category difference there yeah. between that Christian brother who we should try to teach the truth of Scripture and somebody who says, I am a teacher of the Word of God. Yeah. That was kind of my experience coming out of the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there are aspects of the prosperity gospel that are just error. 
And then there are aspects of what's being taught, uh, the idea that, you know, that, that, that Jesus uh, died and, and, you know, was the first who raised from the dead and uh, was, you know, what actually wasn't really God until this point. Those mm-hmm. kinds of things are absolute heresy. And so the teachers who are teaching these kinds of ideas are heretics. Uh, and we've got to be able to point to that. It, it, there's a difference between the, the idea that women should be preachers, which is a whole nother level of, of error that needs to be addressed, and still identifying someone who has the, 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 the basic components of the gospel correct. There's a category that I'm, I'm probably not going to be in fellowship in that space. I'm probably not going to be interacting in that space. But at the same time, recognizing they've got the gospel right. There's, a, there's tremendous error there. And I would even point to error that leads in a direction that's yeah. even more problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when, when we talk about who is God and we talk about the nature of God, the character of God, the attributes of God, and, and, and we mix those up with some worldly philosophy or some, or some mystical identity, that's heresy. And we've got to be able to identify that and call that out. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a family in our church recently that's uh, gone through the membership process. They came from Creflo Dollar's church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what they've said to me on numerous occasions as we've had the chance to share meals with them is that they can't believe that they were, you know, confused and led astray by these doctrines. So Creflo Dollar is a false teacher who's a heretic. He's a wolf. Yes. But this family actually believes the gospel. And once they could discern, oh, this is wrong, they quickly left. Yes, yes. And that's critically important to be able to see. Now, the problem, like in this conversation, obviously, and as you've mentioned just a moment ago, Virgil, is that, you know, it's one thing to look at someone who's denying the deity of Christ. Sure. And to be able to say, oh, well, then that's that's heresy and that person's a heretic. Right. Um, That's that's really the easiest way, right? Mm -hmm. But where it becomes more confusing is where you have situations like the Galatians 1 issue, Mm -hmm. where you have Judaizers who are saying right things. They seem to be orthodox on so many levels. They seem to embrace all of the the necessary component parts of understanding who God is, Mm -hmm. his character, his attributes. But they made one crucial addition. Right. And, and right. that led them into the realm of, of heresy. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue that we're facing in our present day is the issue of, say, social justice. Mm-hmm. People have said, well, is, is social justice a heresy? And anyone that embraces the social justice machine and all of these ideologies at any level, are they to be considered anathematized right. and as heretics. And I think it goes back to what we said earlier. I think we have to exercise great wisdom. Right. I think that there are movers and shakers that we should actually say no better. Yes. As Scott mentioned a yes. moment ago, they're teachers. Yes. They should be held to a higher standard mm-hmm. and accountability. And we should actually separate from those individuals. Yeah. And I think we should be willing to call them at, at, at least we should be willing to call them false teachers. Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, especially some of those who have been, you know, consistent voices yeah. promoting this deconstructionist yeah. movement, this 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 horrible machine of social justice. Yeah. We should be able to say that's heresy. Right now, those individuals who have been standing on conference platforms, mm-hmm. speaking in these conferences, 
preaching these sermons, using these ideologies, promoting it on social media. Those individuals are divisive individuals. I think that fit right within the the framework of what Titus 3.10 talks about. We should avoid those individuals. The masses in between, those are the individuals that we have to be more patient with. (laughs) We should seek to come alongside those individuals, have conversations just like this one Mm -hmm. to help them. But I think the problem is is that a lot of people today are saying, well, you know, I don't necessarily see it just like you do, sure. so I'm going to associate with that individual that you're separating from. Sure. And so it becomes very confusing. Rather, rather, than, rather than doing what we've, we've done, the process to getting there was a lengthy one, was it right. not? I mean, we didn't, we didn't I, I know as, as far as, you know, I'm concerned as I'm, as I'm looking at the landscape prior to becoming onto G3, as I'm looking at the landscape of culture 2018, it's evident to me that, that, that this wokeism thing is coming and things are changing. And, and there was a line in, in 2019 where I said, at what point, mm-hmm. at what point are we willing to draw the line in the sand and say, They've 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 gone from maybe error, maybe not seeing things correctly, maybe having an experiential viewpoint of scripture to absolute heresy. And I think the point you make is sound when when these are teachers who should know better, know the word well, and and perhaps even years ago preached a sound, solid gospel, only to see it muddied by this thing called social justice, and then to begin promoting it and advocating for that. Uh, at some point, there's a line in the sand saying, now they're creating division, uh, and that division is, 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 is heretical. That's heresy. Yeah, this is yeah. another one of those hard tensions, right? On the one hand, you know, Josh, you said earlier, we just need to pause, be careful about using the word heresy. Virgil, you talked about a long process, mm-hmm. right? So we need to be careful and not call something her- uh, heretical until we've really taken the time to, to judge it according to the scriptures. But on the other side, there there has to be a point where we're willing to stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with something like social justice or some of these clear things like new perspective on Paul, you know, even that there was a there was a period where people were kind of okay, what exactly what does this? he mean? Right. Let's let's give him a chance and and see exactly what mm-hmm. he's talking about. But then there was a point at which okay, no, that is actually contrary to the gospel. So we need to pause. We need to go slow. And then at some point, we need to stand. Yeah. And I think the standing thing has you know. It has has various different levels, you know, if you start thinking about that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a stand within your local church. There's a stand individually. There's a stand that you might have within a ministry like G3. And I think that we have seen that. We've experienced that at various levels, too. Um, But one thing that I, I think is critically important for people to know about G3 is that We've not been behind the scenes celebrating the fact that some of these once trustworthy voices and ministries have actually taken a wrong turn. We've not been trying to capitalize on their mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not trying to be the guys that are just eager to to point the cannons at these other guys and shoot at them. In fact, um, I don't celebrate that at all. I find that is is very discouraging. Mm -hmm. There are books in my library. There are, you know certain ministries that I don't tweet out, I don't share because of the fact that they have become, in my opinion, um, non-trustworthy. Yeah, right. They have taken a, a step in the direction of of heresy. Right. I do believe that the social justice machine is, in fact, another gospel. Right. I think it teaches uh, another gospel. It, it teaches the wrong framework by which we should look at the world, diagnose sin, and it provides the wrong solution. Mm-hmm. 
And as a result of that, I believe it falls into the to the framework of the Galatians 1 passage, and we should be very cautious about promoting voices that that are unwilling to stand against these these false ideologies yeah. and these these heretical you know yeah. doctrines. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where, I think that's obviously where we are today. On on the other side, uh, with with regard to examining, giving grace, trying to see and understand what's being said, uh, you have those who would prefer G three. Uh, or would want to push G3 uh, in a direction where uh, they've determined something is heresy, and then so you had better be saying the same exact thing, uh, or else or else you're in the category of, of, of being a heretic. Um, I, or at I see, least a compromiser. Or at least a compromiser, yeah. right. I, I, see the, I see those kinds of things as well. And a lot of that is, is, is social media. Uh, and so I think it's, it's I think it's critical to a step back and and I know what we do here uh, we have a vetting process for all of that uh, those there there are constant conversations you have that conversations we're having, yeah that's the key all all, all yeah. you know all the time about what we're seeing what's happening who's saying what what's being promoted what's being platformed how is it being addressed all I mean it, there's a there's a grid that things go through here that I'm sure that, that the, that the average, you know, keyboard warrior uh, trying to make a name for themselves uh, does not see it and, and can't really appreciate. Uh, but we, we, at the end of the day, we have, we have to answer to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to answer to God and G3 ministries exist for the purpose of glorifying God and strengthening local churches. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be willing to take a stand, even if it's an unpopular stand. Mm-hmm because that's necessary. We must stand even if others refuse to stand because we believe that the gospel mandates that. Yeah. And and that's critically important. Yeah. 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 The, the the conversation piece is so critical. I mean there are there are some hard doctrines. There are some mysteries. There are some deep um you know deep doctrines in the scriptures that are hard to grasp sometimes. And so we need, you know, Students of the Word need to have these deep conversations and wrestle through these things. Unfortunately, I think you're exactly right, Virgil, largely because of platforms and social media, sometimes people are just unwilling to have those conversations. They shut them down, usually with the H word, yeah. and then and then the conversation can't happen that would actually strengthen the church, strengthen the gospel, and, and lead us to relying on the authority and sufficiency of the Word. We yeah. need to have those kinds of conversations. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as we begin to wrap up <clears throat> our conversation here, I want to just turn to you, gentlemen. Any 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 last minute thing that you want to share, either on this subject or, or things that you want to talk about or promote as we get ready to wrap up this episode of our of our podcast? I mean, I think just by way of summary, I think it's critically important for us to, you know, think. Uh, critically, have mm-hmm. the necessary conversations, mm-hmm. be patient with people, think the best of them when we can, pursue unity when possible. But when it comes to issues that go beyond the realm of orthodoxy into the realm of heresy, we have to be willing to say, this is not true. Right. This is heresy. We don't have you know, reasonable evidence based on your positions to embrace you as a brother or sister in Christ. Now, that's very difficult to say, yeah. especially as those who might be like, let's just talk about the, the circle of the local church. Yeah. When you talk about church discipline, that's actually what you're saying. When you excommunicate someone, you are saying to that person yes. and to the watching world and to the church, you are saying, we do not believe that you are a brother or mm-hmm. sister. Yeah. So that's difficult to do. That's why church discipline is not only difficult, but that's why it's not practiced yeah. by so many yeah. churches. Yeah. 
But then in the broader scope of evangelicalism, just to use that term, which I think is also very much broken, mm-hmm. when we think about the the broader scope of churches and fellowships and associations to break fellowship with someone on the basis of something like heresy, it's, it's really difficult to do. Yeah. And people shy away from that, and they, they sort of, you know, back off from that because they don't want to be seen as the mean individual who's judgmental or a fundamentalist or something like that. But the question becomes this, are we willing to guard the gospel? Yes, absolutely. And we have so many texts in the scripture where we are, you know, admonished and we are encouraged and commanded Mm -hmm. to defend the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would just say as a wrap up here, you know, one of the places that these kinds of conversations happen on a regular basis is in our monthly G3 Church Network Pastors meetings. Yeah. We've had this very discussion with yeah. pastors. Uh, and that's that's the kind of thing that we need, right? And I would just encourage anyone listening, if you're a pastor and not part of the G3 Church Network, your soteriology and your ecclesiology fits generally within the 1689 Confession, we encourage you to take a look at, at joining us because these kinds of conversations happen there. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a church member and, and your church fits there, let your pastor know about the network because uh, these kinds of conversations can happen when we have like-minded pastors gathering together, wrestling through some of these issues. Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure. Pleasure to have you join us for this episode of the G3 podcast. Again, love what we shared here. Great conversations around that. Want to also remind you about the National Conference, September 21st through the 23rd. You want to join us. Get on g3men.org. Register today. So jump on. uh, Get registered with us. We'll be talking about the sovereignty of God. You'll definitely want to be there. Don't miss it. Thanks for joining us and tune in next time.